Welcome to episode 14 of HopoCast, your local podcast sponsored by the Howard County Library System. We are Abby, Mikhail, Rima, Ronan, and Taylor, bringing you local Howard County happenings from good reads to poems and beats. Let's talk poetry. What we love, what we dislike. Do you read it? Do you need it? All right, everyone, we are here. Um, it is April, National Poetry Month. Very exciting. I, I know that the public library, as well as my school library, is doing multiple events to um, celebrate National Poetry Month. And so I'm going to start by asking, uh, at your school, what what are the media specialists doing to honor National Poetry Month? Um, My school's actually not doing anything for National Poetry Month. But they did make like a little display and they had students like art students work on it. But we did like a March Madness kind of thing. And mm. like you filled out this thing and it had like topics that you had to like fill out types of books on and like the ones you read. And then they would like choose like 10 people and they would get like little prizes. Mm, that does sound like a very interesting challenge. Yeah, at, at my school, um, I'm at Ellicott Mills Middle. And um, at our school, we had a we had a March Madness related event. It wasn't the same format, but it was a similar um, theme. So that does sound very interesting. Um, Taylor, what about you? I go to the media center every morning, and I have not seen a single thing. Uh, unfortunately, I this guy's new. We got to give him some leeway. He's new and he's reorganizing the library. They're overhauling stuff. They're taking out bookshelves. But yeah. I know Mr. McDonald, the old media center guy, would have definitely done something. But I'm also biased because Mr. McDonald was my uh, ninth grade history teacher. So that's, that's all I've got. Understandable, understandable. I can confidently say that uh, my school media uh, specialists are doing many things. Um, there is a, our monthly media challenge is there are 32 posters along the front windows of the media center. Um, and each window has the cover of a novel in verse, but it's pixelated through a program. And so you have to determine what the book is just by looking at it pixelated. Now there's a bit of a trick. If you stand really far back, it kind of, it, it just looks somewhat normal and somewhat more familiar. But like just the way it see, it kind of messes with your eyes in the sense that you still don't know what the words on the cover say, but you can kind of make out the graphics on the front. Um, and so this whole deal is like uh, kids are running around the media center looking for different authors, um, using the public access catalog to find the different things. And so it's actually, it's a very successful and a nice event. Um, that, on top of this. That's sick. <laughs> yes. Uh, on top of this, there is a um, display at the very front. Um, the past few months, they've all had, um, it started in February with the blind date with the book challenge, where it was a book wrapped up and there were uh, kind of hints about the book on the front and you could check out the book mysteriously and then when it, and then you would read it and fill out a little review slip like date review. This carried over into March and now it's carrying over into April, except instead of just having clues on the front of the book, it has um, haikus about the book. And so now here we got haikus about the book and they can check out the book and um, they it's it's a mystery kind of thing. Um, and it is uh, it's great. I, I've heard great things from my friends and they really like it. So, um, yeah, I look at Mills Middle. 
again, media specialist is Ms. Patelka, and she puts a lot of work into our media challenges. Ms. Patelka and Ms. Castro, Ms. Castro is the assistant. Both great media specialists. School's oh. so fun. Mine's boring. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I see wow. you there, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The media center is like very active in um, their their challenges, displays, and everything. Of course, they can't have a novel inverse display because otherwise, the media challenge with the pixelated images would, would be pointless because then everyone could just look at the display and find the books. Yes, I agree. It is great, and I do wish that there were more across. Um, Howard County. I'm sure there are others that I just haven't heard of. There are tons of school in this county, but now let's move on to talking about poetry in general. Um, what are your guys' opinions on poetry? It's fine, kind of. I don't know. Like, I've done different things with it. Like, my language arts teacher really likes it, but, you know, mm -hmm. I, I haven't had much time to read lately. I've been so into, like, school stuff now that it's quarter four. Teachers should be letting loose, but like, I don't know, I'm really stressed out, so I don't have time yeah. to read. But map testing, I just took that. There were too many poetry questions on that thing. Exactly. I'm, I just, um, we were doing the uh, English map test past few days for me, um, and the amount of like weird, yes, exactly, the amount of poetry questions was insane. Like, it's like, what did the author mean by this? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not the author. It's very annoying, but like, I get where they're coming from. It's it's so weird. But Taylor, what is your um, opinion on poetry? I like Shel Silverstein and Dr. Seuss. I also we're also reading Hamlet in English, which is technically poetry. Yes. Think about it. Not too hard. Yeah. You're, so you're reading uh, Hamlet as a class? Uh, kind of. I like my teacher. He's awesome. He's really fun. The only first time I've enjoyed English ever. He's very lax. That's not why I enjoy his class. He's upfront <laughs> about his hate for Shakespeare. Or not hate for Shakespeare. He's like, I don't like Hamlet. I don't like most, I don't like most Shakespeare plays. This play is really dumb. It's about a guy contemplating if he wants to commit not alive for about five acts for a very thick book. And that's it. A lot of, uh, uh, stories back then whether they be operas or books or plays are really um so like just let's do this one thing but let's drag it out as long as physically possible God, yes see stories oh, nowadays have a reasonable start and end oh i'm gonna give an example with my favorite books um which is the hunger Games series at the very beginning of the first book you get the exposition, which is nice. Then it kind of leads up to being in the arena, and then it falls down. It is a very good book. But you go back and you look at these ancient books from, like, the 17th century, and what are they doing? It's it's so, it's like, let's go to Grandma's house. But before we go to Grandma's house, let's go to the supermarket. To, but to go to the supermarket, we need to go to the bank to get our credit card. But before we can get our credit card, we need to go launder some money. It's insane and makes no sense. Even um, the literature in itself, just the way it's written is very confusing. Um, they, they use all these, they have all these run-on sentences, which teachers tell us not to do. Like, it'll... You'll have these comma, 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 and a whole paragraph will be one sentence. But 
it's just commas everywhere and it it's like just split it into sentences <laughs> oh gosh sorry whenever i think my, my train of thought went shakespeare all literature moby dick that's so funny my dad listens to books in the car right like audio uh, mm-hmm. automatic readers and i remember in when i was in what was it seventh grade or it was the summer of seventh grade i was coming home from swim team and he was listening to moby dick and i just heard the sperm whale is uh, has common migration patterns that have to do with blah 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 i'm like this isn't a book about a giant whale why are you describing to me the okay i know he was paid by the word but still please if they took out the pages and pages and pages of just descriptions of how sperm whales work maybe it would be a good book that i might sit down and try to read attempt to but I will not read millions of pages of the sperm whales com- commonly found in the Atlantic Ocean towards the Northeast. That is wrong. That's not correct information. <laughs> Please, God, do not use this as a reliable source. Um, you guys are talking about Shakespeare. So my school in eighth grade, it's mandatory that you... Um, they chose Romeo and Juliet to do this year. So um, language arts classes get to take like a sneak peek. And so apparently when my English class got to take a sneak peek, they added a cowboy scene into Romeo and Juliet. So there's like, they split it into seven acts. So it's going to be during all seven periods. Um, But it's crazy. They added, let's see, a cowboy scene. Um an underwater scene lots of sword fighting scenes (laughs) i got it um an eighth grader that i know let me take their sword and so i almost stabbed my friends so you wait you uh the the assignment was to sort of rewrite a part of shakespeare uh technically with your english class you're putting on a scene of romeo and juliet maybe not one scene maybe more than that i have no idea that sounds very fun though i would i would genuinely enjoy that uh, i would do sword fighting yeah that sounds great i've seen people walk around with like these long swords and i'm like i want to do sword fighting exactly sword fighting scene an eighth grader gave me their sword for like two periods and one of those was lunch and i stabbed like a million of friends That's so nice. it's covered in duct tape and it's really soft so i was like mm. okay thank goodness <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shakespeare is is complicated. Um, now, I'm going to ask about this. What poems do you know of specifically that you enjoy? Does Mikhail have any thoughts about this? Um, uh, He's been suspiciously quiet. Maybe yes, he doesn't I, like poetry. Yes, I've been working on the poetry month assignment for school. You see, teacher posts... Um, this this assignment where we have to write poem about thing right in front of us and right in front of me is, me is cat right here on the lap is cat and so you know i have to write about cat but there's not much to say about cat what do i say about cat and so you know it's very hard to say this and um uh, I, I would say i did not like uh, poetry that much it's not my uh, forte i am not good at writing it i'm more good at writing conventional 
conventional English text, uh, not not poems. Uh, poems are very complicated, and I don't like how vague they are. I like you know down to earth facts, and here we are using metaphors every single stanza. I can't do it. Do you want to hear the poem that I memorized for no reason? Yes, I yes. do. Let's hear it. So back in what was it seventh grade, we read the book The Outsiders. Now mm. I like the book The Outsiders because all the characters are fun, most of them. Arguably, there's a lot of nuance to the book that I didn't read when I was in the seventh grade. I just thought, ooh, these guys are having fun and running around. Look at them. They're living in the abandoned church. Anyway, the uh, character, the innocent character who tragically dies, his favorite poem goes, nature's first green is gold. Its heart is hue to hold. Its early leaves a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf as Eden sank to grief. And dawn goes down to day, dawn goes down to day, something, nothing gold can stay. Now, I think it's Robert Frost. I'm not sure. It is Robert Frost. And yeah. let's see if I get it right. What's, what's the first line? Uh, nature's first green is gold. It's heart, her hardest hue to hold. It's early leaves of flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf. So Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down to day. Nothing gold can stay. And this was featured in a book you read? Uh, yeah, it was a book we read for English class, but I enjoyed it. So I uh, naturally, I memorized the poem to get closer to the character. <laughs> that is, you know, naturally, though, that's great. I have no poems committed to memory, um, which is, I would say, not tragic. I'd say it's more of a, a, a success on my part. But How about one about potatoes? A, a poem about potatoes. I need to find a, a poem about potatoes. Let's see, poems about... There's got to be some bo book in, like... I love about. the potato video. Or, like, it a Shel Silverstein poem. Okay, I don't know. Um, moving back the conversation a bit to Shel Silverstein, there was a... Um, I much enjoy modern poetry than old poetry because it's more straightforward. Shel Silverstein, Dr. Seuss, it's simple and understandable. It's still poetry and it still has the aspects of poetry, but it is so much more understandable to me and probably most of the modern world. So it, the, the affect of it is very good, as well as the terminology used because the terminology just makes sense. Um, I'm talking specifically about the Shel Silverstein kid stuff when I say I like Shel Silverstein, like when yes. the sidewalk ends or where the sidewalk ends and uh, the bully on whatever street. Uh, Did Shel Silverstein write adult books? I thought he only I'm wrote. Sure he, like, wrote adult. he was a poet. He probably did tons of stuff. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> oh, the missing piece is a good one. Why can't they give us this show Silverstein stuff during map testing? I mean, oh my god. Pass. Literally though, if they had, I can't even, if they had this in map testing, I would be the highest in the class. <laughs> this is professional things right here. Um, this is really what we could use. Uh, a light in the attic, that's another, that's another famous one. So Ronnie Babbitt, that's a fun one. Uh, Oh, are we talking about Shel Silverstein comics or books? Yeah. Sorry. Yes, uh, we poems. are. <laughs> comics. So my favorite Shel Silverstein poem is Sister for Sale. Because Sister for Sale, Sister for Sale, Snidling yes. and Crying, Sister for Sale. The, the il illustrating is just so ugly. And 
I don't know, with a brother, I'd related to. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a, all a lot, a lot of these Shel Silverstein poems. I feel like I could hear them and recognize them. Now I could not recite them from memory, but I would recognize a lot of them. It's it's great. I think one of my favorite one is a Poison Tester. That one is, I'm looking it up right now because I do not remember it word for word. Oh, I just remembered more poetry. Kids poetry. I don't read adult poetry. I gotta go find it. Yeah, I mean, I love this one. This is Poison Tester by Shel Silverstein. I'm Poison Tester, taster true. I'm here to taste your food for you. Could, cause you could die in half a minute if there's one drop of poison in it. That lemonade to quench your thirst, you'd better let me taste it first. Mm, it's okay, but these boysenberries, I'll make sure they're not poisonberries. And you know what's great, that's not the whole poem, but what's great is that Shel Silverstein will make up words, very Dr. Seuss style, that have nothing to do. Well, actually, no, they are relevant, but they're not real. And I love that there is the aspect of it. It's amazing. And you know, the art itself is also great. I don't know if Shel Silverstein did his art. Um, but it really reflects the his style. Yeah, so he he did write his own art because uh, he was a cartoonist. So an iconic author. Be glad your nose is on your face. The name of a poet compilation book. It's got the most grody, like, gross-out kids illustrations ever. Uh, it was my brother's book. But this one goes, Be glad your nose is on your face, not pasted in some other place. For if it were... Where it is not, you might dislike your nose a lot. Imagine if your precious nose were sandwiched in between your toes. That clearly would not be a treat, and you'd be forced to smell your feet. Ugh. That's not the end of the poem. It's a long poem, but it's got this grody picture of, like, a foot. Like, a kid's foot with a nose as the, like, toe. It's gross! That's so awful. I do not like that. You know... Totally just... Ugh. I appreciate the 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 zaniness of Shell Silverstein's comics. It's so irrelevant. No one ever thinks of anything like it. This guy isn't Shell Silverstein, though. This guy's name is oh. Jack Kralutsky. Jack Kralutsky? He looks like my, looks like my science teacher, kind of. <laughs> That's um, But I thought it was Shell Silverstein. He's got this one called, like, 100 Marching Bananas. And then there's another one that's like traffic jam or I eat traffic jam with butter or with toast or something. That is very cool. fun stuff. Uh, Rima, what, um, are there any specific authors you like or specific poems you like? Rima, you are muted. Oh, wait, sorry. My Wi-Fi cut out. What were you saying? So Rima, what are some poems or poetry authors that you specifically like? Ever since I was younger, my friends would love Dr. Seuss, so I would always be dragged into that, so I guess Dr. Seuss. I also like the craziness of Dr. Seuss, and we would, um, I don't remember, like, we were really young back then, but we really liked Dr. Seuss, like me and my friends. We would argue about which one's better. We were like, first graders maybe and we would argue about this kind of thing and we would argue about like two books and which one's better and then this other friend would just cut in with this whole like different book 
and be like, no, um, this one's better. And then, like, at the end of lunch and recess, there'd be, like, 10 books at the end of the discussion, and we would be, like, figuring out which one's better. It's hilarious. That does sound very interesting. Dr. Seuss is iconic. <laughs> uh, on top of um, the top, uh, on the topic of Dr. Seuss, um, what are some of your favorite Dr. Seuss books or, or films, since there are Dr. Seuss films? I like the one about, this is going to sound bad, segregation. What was that called? The frumps or whatever? The guys with the stars on their bellies? Oh, um, oh, uh, star-bellied sneeches. Sneeches. Okay, yes. I like that one, because it always looked so satisfying when they took off their stars and they put back on their stars. But the machines, when the mach- in the animation, there was an animation of it. The machines, like how they came together, it was oh, it was so cool. I, I love that. And yes, that does sound mysterious, but nonetheless, it's a very, very good and um, timely book. Personally, my favorite Dr. Seuss book is "What Was I Scared of?" Um, it is a book about this. It's about a pair of pants that are sentient, and these pants float around and scare you. And eventually, in the end of the book, you become friends with the pants and run away with the floating sentient pants. It is a glorious book. Truly wonderful. Um, Rima. Um, I like Wacky Wednesday because I've gone to two elementary schools before. And the first one I went to when we were in kindergarten. So every so Wednesday, maybe like one Wednesday a month, uh, we would my kindergarten or first grade class who knows would base that wednesday off of wacky wednesday because it was just so fun that is great yes i wore socks on my head once they hurt okay (laughs) i hit them with bobby pins somehow yes dr seuss is an icon but I have an adult poem that I remembered. Well, we read The Stranger by Albert Camus in English class at the very, very beginning of the year. And we had to compare it to a poem that we found and link it with central messages and themes, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, the theme of Albert Camus' The Stranger is... My sister's playing violin right now. Send help. Oh, no. Is it that bad? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is my introduction paragraph to the stranger, the unknown citizen, and the futility of conformity. Did you know that 100% of people who are alive eventually die? Well, W.H. Auden's The Unknown Citizen and Albert Camus' The Stranger seem to, seem to know so, and with this theme of inevitable death as a, as a constant throughout their respective works. Part 2, Chapter 1 of Albert Camus' The Stranger follows main car- character Monsieur Mersault after he gets arrested. As the evidence is being gathered for his case, something Rousseau does, doesn't does seem to care about, despite the overarching threat of the death sentence, is he is introduced to his attorney, who is desperately trying to persuade Rousseau to plead, uh, blah, blah, blah. Later, he meets the magistrate, who Rousseau finds, who wants Rousseau to find and accept God, like all of the other prisoners. Anyway, Rousseau committed a murder unjustified and he could totally get out of it but he's like why should i do that and he expresses complete apathy towards the idea of living and then the unknown citizen follows the reviewing of an unnamed man's life after his death from the point of view of the american bureaucracy which can also represent american society basically it's saying that the two works um talk about the i guess futility of life 
blah, 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 blah. Anyway, this poem is really interesting. The Unknown Citizen by W.H. Auden. He was found by the Bureau of Statistics to be one against whom there were no there was no official complaint. And all the reports on his conduct agree that in the modern sense of an old-fashioned world, he was a saint. For in everything he did, he served the greater community. Except for the war, till the day he retired, he worked in a factory and never got fired, but satisfied his employers, Fudge Motors, Inc. Yet he wasn't a scab or odd in his views, for his union reports that he paid his dues, a report on his union shows it was sound, our social psychology workers found that he was popular with his mates and liked to drink. The press are convinced that he bought every, bought a paper every day and that his reactions to advertisements were normal in every way. Policies taken out in his name proved that he was fully insured and his health card showed that he was once in a hospital but left it cured. Both producers research in high grade living declare he was fully sensible to the advantages of the installment plan and had everything necessary to the modern man a phonograph a radio a car and a refrigererator our researcher our researchers in into public opinion are content that he held the proper opinions for the time of year where when there was peace he was for peace when there was war he went he married and added five children to the population, which our eugenist says was the right number for a parent of his generation. And our teachers report that he never in interfered with their education. Was he free? Was he happy? The question is absurd. Had anything been wrong, we should have certainly heard. It's very fun. I like that last sentence that goes, had anything been wrong, we would have certainly heard. Ah, yes, you would have been heard about this guy who's completely apparently normal in every way i don't know maybe that he could is, have done something not that is really interesting i've i've never seen a poem well i i i rarely see poems used in a very casual sense kind of like the episode this is the exposition exposition of a character we are learning about a character and apparently how death. basic he is and so it's very well written in the sense that it does expose the character um, while also being very typical and uh, I feel like it leaves lingering questions that will remain unanswered. It's an yes. unsatisfactory response. I just went, by golly, while I read it. That is a very good poem. Um, and I don't think I caught it. Uh, do you remember what this was from? Uh, it's just a poem. It's by W.H. Auden. It might be in some collection. It's called The Unknown Citizen. I don't know. My teacher, he did a very helpful thing. I. Uh, me and my partner in this class, I asked, Mr. Frank, uh, is there any poem that's about the futility of life and the anonymity of just being a regular citizen? And he's like, well, he gave us a few, a few recommendations. So I didn't do the brunt work of this. My teacher just threw out some poems. I really like my English teacher this year. That is great. I have really never heard anything like it, so. You mentioned in the chat that Mikhail was looking for book recommendations, right? Yes. Um, yes, I am. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for the recommendations, um, specifically novels in verse. I would like to know some good novels in verse to read because I myself would like to become familiar with poetry that I can actually understand and that I don't see on the map test. <laughs> don't see on the map test? Yes. Yes, I cannot. I cannot. Ugh. How about um, Brown Girl Dreaming? Oh, yes, I have heard of that book. I've, uh, I've seen that book uh, in school, uh, school media center. 
Um, yes, that is. They, they, I've heard very good things about the book. Um, it is. I, I will put that one down. Taylor, any suggestion from you? I will admit this to no shame on myself. The only thing I read nowadays is fan fiction. Taylor, there is no judgment here. Okay, you know it depends on what you're reading, the in the art, the actual penmanship of it. Right. But nonetheless, I'm not going to judge. I collect funny quotes from fan fiction I've read, and this one's nondescript. Um, Tell. <laughs> please listen to this. He needed to do something to get his mind off of all this even for a few minutes, because any more of it, he just might lose it. He clambers in the kitchen and starts tearing out cleaning supplies, because that's the kind of stu stupid domesticated stuff that he does when he's distressed. Cleaning, like a giant idiot Roomba. <laughs> that is so good! Oh my god. I can imagine that coming from some of the authors I read. I, an author I really like is Stuart Gibbs, and he has a lot of like very weird analogies in his book. So like they're supposed to be dramatic similes, but he's kind of mocking them in the sense that they're very ridiculous. Um, that is, that's golden. That is so good. It has been very nice talking to all of you tonight. Uh, we have discussed great topics, Dr. Seuss, kids poetry, even some adult poetry, weird poetry, unique poetry, um, all things poetry. And I cannot wait for next time. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Have a good night, guys. Bye. April is National Poetry Month, so let's listen to these perfectly poetic recommendations. With spirits high and creativity abundant, April is surely the correct month to recommend Chihaya Furu, written and illustrated by Yuki Suetsu. Catered towards older and young adult women, the manga follows the story of a young girl who dives into the art of 100 poets, or karuta, a card sport where players memorize 100 of Japan's greatest poems and race to find the card matches of each one. Holding both elements of romance and sports genres, Chihaya Furu is quite different from its counterparts within its medium. In essence, Suetsugu's work surrounds you in the beauty of Japanese traditional culture. You become enraptured with each poem, and you fall in love with the technicalities of each competitive karuta match captured within the pages of Chiafuru. Much like how a poem can be praised for its complexities in language and thematic messaging, Chihayafuru, though having a simple story, is admired for its portrayal of human relationships and sportsmanship. With that said, I highly recommend looking into Chiafuru, a poetic tale for all. It's National Poetry Month, and a perfect time to recommend a novel in verse. For those unfamiliar, novels in verse are stories told through the form of a series of poems. I'm recommending a widely known novel in verse throughout YA readers, The Crossover by Kwame Alexander. This book has a canonical reason for being a novel in verse. It's written like a rap. The synopsis states, With a bolt of lightning on my kicks, the court is sizzling, my sweat is drizzling, stop all that quivering, cause tonight I'm delivering, announces dreadlocked 12-year-old Josh Bell. He and his twin brother Jordan are awesome on the court, but Josh has more than basketball in his blood, he's got mad beats too, that to tell his family's story in verse in this fast and furious novel of family and brotherhood. This book is written incredibly well, with the poetry being intricate and deep, while also showing an obvious connection to rap. I suggest this book to any basketball or poetry-loving readers out there. 
What's your favorite poem? Take time to commit it to memory and you'll always have a poem ready to recite when the need arises. Listen as our team recites their favorite poems. On April 19, 1775, the shot heard round the world signaled the beginning of the American Revolutionary War. The phrase shot heard round the world comes from the poem Concord Hymn by Ralph Waddle Emerson and refers to the first shot at the battle. Written in 1837, this 200-year-old poem is a lovely work that beautifully illustrates an important moment in history. Here's the text. By the rude bridge that arched the flood, their flag to April's breeze unfurled. Here once the embattled farmers stood, and fired the shot heard round the world. The foe long since in silence slept, alike the conqueror silent sleeps. And time the ruined bridge has swept, down the dark stream which seaward creeps. On this green bank, by this soft stream, we set today a votive stone, that memory may their deed redeem, when, like our sires, our sons are gone. Spirit that made those heroes dare, to die and leave their children free, bid time and nature gently spare, the shaft we raise to them and thee. I will be reciting Emily Dickinson's Remorse is Memory Awake, a poem I came across during class that has stuck with me till now. Remorse is memory awake, her company's astir, a presence of departed acts at window and at door. It's past set down before the soul and lighted with a match, perusal to facilitate of his condensed dispatch. Remorse is cureless, the disease not even God can heal, for it is his institution, the complement of hell. Previously in the book suggestions, Ronin suggested The Crossover by Kwame Alexander. I will read the poem on the first page of the book, a very well-written poem. Dribbling. At the top of the key, I'm moving and grooving, popping and rocking. Why you bumping? Why you locking? Man, take this thumping. Be careful, though, cause now I'm cranking, crease-crossing, flossing, flipping, and my dipping will leave you slipping on the floor while I swoop into the finish with a fierce finger roll. Straight in the hole, swoosh. This beautifully illustrates basketball game and is very casual while doing so. Very well-written poem. And now we're going to feature Poetry Out Loud participant Rohan's poem, so tell me again. Hello, my name is Rohan Shivakumar, and I am in sixth grade, and I go to Hammond Middle School. And today, I'm going to read you a poem. When I tried to tell you something, you didn't agree. When I did something on my own, there was always something wrong. You used to tell me that I can do anything with the effort, but when I did, I failed. So tell me again, so hug me again, so push me again, so help me again. I need to know why this is happening to me. I need to know why I've run into calamity. So tell me again, so hug me again, so push me again, so help me again. Whenever I need help, whenever something happens to me, you take care of me. You see, you see that I can fail, you see that I can try, you see that I can cry. You see that I can derail. So tell me again. 
So hug me again. So push me again. So help me again. So tell me what. So tell me why. So tell me now. So tell me how. Talk to me. Free me. Make me. Try me. So tell me again. So hug me again. So push me again. So help me again. The sky's the limit. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Hokkokast. We enjoy talking and discussing all things poetry, and we hope it inspired you to celebrate National Poetry Month. You can find all the novels and poems we discussed in the description of this episode. Make sure to check them out.